Hello and welcome to the Sexy Love Project podcast with Caitlin Cook. This is a Tantra-inspired podcast that brings mindfulness to sexuality. It's all about helping you feel more alive in your body, bedroom and life. I'm Caitlin and today we're talking with Erica Munton about mindful birthing. Erica is a birth educator, doula, life coach and counsellor. She supported women and their families for over 18 years and attended hundreds of births. And I was so thrilled to be chatting with Erica about birthing experiences because for the longest time, all I've ever heard are horror stories about birth and how my body is not capable of doing it. So I'm really keen to be chatting about what birth can be like, about shifting cultural norms, about hearing um, some really practical suggestions and ideas about how to support great birth experiences and hearing expectations about what it can be like and also what it really could be like, like ecstatic birth and that kind of stuff. So really looking forward to today's chat with Erica. And also just want to mention that, you know, relationships and birthing experiences can take all shapes and colors. And this chat is a gender inclusive and supportive chat, um, supportive to people who have all kinds of birth experiences. So thanks for joining us on the show, Erica. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself, your work and how you got into this kind of work? Thanks for having me. It's awesome to be here. I've been doing birth work for over 18 years now, but really my passion started as a teenager. I was just curious about birth. And so I attended my sister's births, attended, obviously had my own two children, mm-hmm. and one ended as a Caesar and the other was a natural water birth in a freestanding birth centre, both in California. And it really fueled my passion to understand what I experienced and what are my choices and how can we actually be empowered through birth to then be more confident parents because yeah. ultimately it happens to my body and I'm the one who lives with my experience and I really want to make it a positive journey into the responsibility that comes with being a parent and also wanting to improve the relationship that you have with your partner who is now a parent with you. Mm. So my work is birth education so people can understand how to use their mind in a more useful way, Yeah, how they can feel more and understand what's actually happening in their body so that they can actually work best with birth to let it happen. (laughs) Yeah. As opposed to struggling through it. Yeah. Yeah. And understanding what is normal birth, helping people understand what the culture of birth is that we're actually in right now. Mm. And then how do they navigate that, which is informed decision-making. Yeah. And that's a big journey for people to step up into that responsibility to say, it's my body, my baby. How do I want to learn and grow from this experience? So it's quite conscious birthing. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm so curious about the culture around birthing because I'm now at an age where I'm more aware of birth than ever before Mm -hmm. and conscious about how a lot of the stories I hear about birth are horror stories and Mm. stories that make me feel like my body's incapable of it and that it's going to be one hell of a trauma to go through it. And then hearing about the other possibles there where actually like birth can be, well, like obviously intense, but not necessarily like traumatizing or it can actually be really empowering or it can be like that, you know, that difference between pain and pleasure, 
but it's not pain in a like terrible resisting way, but actually like quite a like transformational experience. Mm. So my question there mm. is, you know, we hear a lot of horror stories about birth. And so is it possible to have a non-traumatizing, like pleasant birth or like good birth or transformative kind of birth? Tell us. Yeah, absolutely. I think as I say in my intro, it takes someone to want to explore what's available to them. The balancing act that women and their partners have nowadays is holding on one side the medical model of care and being savvy around what's happening. You know, what does this birth culture look like in a medical setting now that's mostly where women birth Um, Mm. versus the natural birth process, which obviously has a whole lot that works well considering our evolution and how many billions of people have populated the planet. And then where does a modern couple, a modern woman fit in what they actually want in context to that? Yeah. So if someone wants to explore that, then there's a chance to give them the opportunity with more support to be able to go, well, where is your culture influence the way you think about birth? So a lot of us are fear averse. A lot of us are frightened of the feeling of pain. Yeah. Whereas I tend to frame it, it has a purpose, pain has a purpose. And when we recognise that feeling labour, when we feel our body open for a baby to come through, it's actually communication between the woman and the baby to go, how do you need me to move? What sounds do I need to make? How can I soften Mm. and drop in? Yeah. And to do that, she needs to feel safe. She needs to feel private, undisturbed, warm, loved. So quoting Ina May Gaskin, a famous midwife, she says, loving gets the baby in and loving gets the baby out because it's the same hormones. Yeah. Oxytocin, which creates orgasm, ejects fluid from the body. It also ejects the baby from the body because it contracts the uterus. Yeah. And it also contracts the milk ducts to bring milk to the Mm. baby to keep that life cycle going. Yeah. So if you think of the hospital setting – It's not her home. She's got people coming in and out that she's never met before. Yeah. There's an expectation that strangers will put fingers inside her to check what's happening in order to measure whether she's successfully dilating or not. And, of course, all of these things can easily actually create adrenaline, which stops labour from progressing. Yeah, and, yeah, there's like those hormones that help the body to contract rather than relax and in labour you want to be relaxing and opening as much as possible rather than keeping tight because the babies, it's only going to hurt more to try and push a baby out through a contracted zone. Absolutely, totally. So pain and horror stories do come because women, even with all of these influencing factors from the hospital environment and the doctors that have processes in place in order to run the business of a healthcare system, even though they mean well and they do great things to help problems, we're actually putting healthy women into a medical model. And it's hard for a couple, it's hard for a woman to actually have individual care in context to that without being more savvy around how to communicate and navigate some mindfulness and body skills to work with it. Yeah. I am. Um, I went and watched like six birthing videos, um, like 
TED Talks and different videos like that, when I started exploring this idea that you could have births that weren't shit <laughs> and weren't like the worst things that you ever experienced and then luckily hormones are produced to make you forget it. And yeah, I watched some Ina Mae Gaskin and mm-hmm. that was awesome. Mm-hmm. But yeah, some of the things that I found remarkable was the idea of curating the experience, really supporting your ability to relax and unwind and just let yourself really melt and let go and let the baby come. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, as you are saying, like things like choosing who's involved as much as you can, obviously you can't always, but like even like choosing the lighting and the smells and the air and what you're wearing and where you are and the music that's playing and whatever, mm. um, which I found to be a super empowering idea when everything's going right. But then sometimes you don't have that choice because I know when we've talked before as well is that sometimes you can plan a birth to the nth degree but then the birth, it's kind of like a wedding, people say. It's like it just it has a life of its own. It's going to do what it wants to do. Mm. Um, so how do you manage that stuff and how can you support yourself to have the best kind of birth when things, when you do have to go to hospital or that kind of stuff? Yeah. suppose there's two considerations. What are the external influencing factors that you need to think through ahead of time and how you might navigate that? And then what is internally possible for you to trust is there or to cultivate or to practice through the pregnancy so that your feelings, your thoughts, your behaviours are more aligned to what you want to create. Yeah. So influencing factors, you've got to have conversations with your care provider about what you would really love to experience and how are they actually going to support you or do you find out that they don't offer that as much and maybe you need to explore a different care provider or maybe one hospital has water birth policy when another doesn't and you'd really love to have your baby in the water if you could. Yeah. So there's some homework to do, you know, and your second trimester, the middle of your pregnancy is the best time for that because that's when your brain kind of still works. (laughs) Later on, it really just wants to slow down and your belly gets heavier and you really feel like you need to drop in and go with the flow and sleep more and be off in la-la land a bit more because – birth is an embodied experience. You can't think your way through it and you Mm. need to go to that primal instinctive part of you. I remember you also talking about um, there's, you know, different sort of, yeah, internal things that you can do. So no matter what's happening in the pregnancy or what's happening in your life, you know, like mindfulness and different sorts of, um, yeah, like like strengths that you can build mm. that when no matter what happens in the pregnancy, you can just meet them and meet them in the best possible way. Mm. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah. Another quote from Gail Peterson, as you live, so you will give birth. So if you think about the fact that your life has already got a richness of experiences that you can actually draw on. Yes, I've gone and done challenging things before. I've been to the edge of what I know of myself and kind of looked over the other side in curiosity. Or if you don't, it's like, wow, maybe I can cultivate some curiosity about feeling things that I haven't felt before and trusting that they've got value because when I go there, I suddenly discover something new about myself. As the divinals say, it's a fine line between pleasure and pain. And when we are more, when we feel supported, I think makes a big difference. And when we trust that there's going to be, it's going to be worth the effort, then we, through birth, really do birth ourselves into being a mother Mm. and being a father so that we can actually be awesome mama, papa bears and protect and look after that baby with our own instincts. 
and confidence in place as opposed to thinking everybody else an expert. Yeah. I remember you were telling me about, um, or you were asking me, so when have you experienced like a really stressful time? I was talking about a time at work um, mm. and in the UK case, so how did you manage that? And what, what was the best way that you think you could have managed that? And it was like, well, actually like taking a breath and just like not continuing to do work really hard and doing it faster, but actually just chilling out for a second. Yep. And you're like, yep. So that's a skill that you can bring to your birth. And mm. that's a skill that you've really, and that might be like, you know, you went through an intense breakup, you climbed to the top of a mountain, you injured your leg, whatever it was and whatever you went through, like that was actually training for birth. And I guess that's kind of what's happened throughout history, right? It's not, people may have been to the Lamar's classes and stuff, and that's also important, but just having a life is going to be setting you up for managing that kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And in order to practice that discomfort that comes with doing something you're a bit scared of or a bit unknown is, okay, well, like you, that example is perfect. Where can I in my life today feel a little bit more brave or assert myself a little bit more? Or often in my case, even though I you know, part of my job is absolutely to be present. I'm a real doer person. So I've had to learn how to just sit and be and notice that my breath mm. can relax my body. And when I relax my body, my mind relaxes. And then suddenly I get all these new creative ideas of how to deal with the problem I've got. Yeah. So yeah, cultivating skills for birth is something that you're actually incorporating into everyday life. And it bridges, I'm just bridging that gap between recognising what you're already doing that's awesome and how that's going to help in the labour. Yeah. And in the parenting because obviously then after having that. a baby, you've got to, after, after the labour, you've actually got a baby and yeah. you've got to breastfeed and look after them. Yeah, that's really true. And I've spoken to a lot of friends who have also done things like dance and tantric work and mindfulness therapy and whatever and they've talked about how it's been, they're so grateful that they've done that work because it has really supported their birth and parenting mm. like say for example you know in tantra with breath sound and movement exploring pain not as something to resist but as something to explore and like what gifts are in that for you and these different kinds of yeah avenues of experiencing yourself and experiencing life in a way that's not resisting but actually kind of flowing with and being curious about have been really supportive. So I guess there's things like that too. Perfect. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. I mean, we have um, another common cultural option out there, which is hypnobirthing, which is, again, another way of saying mindfulness. Right. Um, in my opinion, it has commonality. It's about what's what are your thoughts doing and are they actually helping you to achieve what your goal is? And, yeah, we don't always know what will happen in a labour, but the more we can work towards a goal, the more we will achieve it. But we also always need to weave in some flexibility because we are working with Mother Nature and we're working with a culture that has its own influencing factors that can play a part. So some flexibility and practising that in the way you're thinking and being aware of actually what you're feeling in your body so you can go, ah, I'm tense, actually. Mm. <sighs> I just might take a few breaths, yeah. take a moment to step out and suddenly you can realise that you've got some energy to tackle the difficult part. Yeah. And contractions come and go. You know, they're about a minute long and you get about two minutes break in between. So you always get more of a break than actually labour. And if you've got a partner or a support person with you, 
then it's not just you. Um, you have to birth it, but the support does make a big difference as well. They're, they're literally human pain relief when you have a great birth support person with you. Um, and some of the videos that I was watching, I was astounded about how pleasure, like, you know, releases hormones that help you relax and open up and, you know, that'll let the baby come out. But pleasure in terms of like stimulation as well, like nipple stimulation and even like genital stimulation Mm -hmm. can be a way to, um, yeah, just really sink into the experience more and have a more easeful birth. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I mean, I do suggest to my clients that for birth preparation, let's make this fun. And although libido can drop a bit, obviously, for most women during pregnancy, how do you want to connect and still feel your sensual feminine Mm. self? And that is including touch and raising your awareness to how you can bring pleasure to your body, touching yourself, enjoying your partner. So lovemaking on whatever, whatever that might look like. And yeah, transferring that into the labor. So in early labor, particularly, that's going to be easier. Yeah. Um, in active labour as she really drops into her body, then it might just be knowing her partner's eyes are there ready for her if she looks up Yeah, and he's present, she's present. Yeah. It makes the world of difference. And that's what I say to the partners. If you can love her and be present for her and just fine-tune your ability to notice her nonverbal communication, you're going to do awesome because you don't have to be a birth expert and they're good at that because that's the relationship. And you also do work with the partners, whether whoever they are, men, women, trans, mm-hmm. whatever, to support them. Because it can be a scary experience to see the person you love, like having a human come out of them <laughs> and all sorts of noises being made. Um, but yeah, so you you it's kind of like there's the person who's giving birth and it's the work that they're doing internally it's the work that they're doing with their body to for flexibility and all sorts of things but then there's also the and the community around them as well as the partner I guess who has a responsibility to yeah to do some self-work to be really present to really help that birthing experience absolutely I mean the partners have far more active involvement than they realize and like my beer and bubs sessions, which mm-hmm. is just a one-off session for men at the pub so they can have a drink and we share a meal together and we hear a dad's story about his birth and I add in information around what they could say to be helpful and what not to say and how they can actually give comfort and pain relief and what that looks like through the stages. They all, Almost all of them are like, wow, I didn't realise I had such a big role because they do, they can help her to have more endorphins, which are natural pain relief. They can be a sort of a bubble of protection from the busyness of the hospital so that she might not feel distracted and stay focused. And they are modelling to her how she can stay calm. So if they're staying calm and trusting that intensity that they're watching, which is why education is good so you know what's normal, or having a birth attendant with you. So that's somebody who can then facilitate that experience for the both of you. It makes such a big difference to her having an easier labour. And yeah, like you said before, that fuzziness around really how strong it felt becomes um, hard to grasp and hard to even put words to after the labour. Because like, you know, when you do something really big, you get a pretty big high out of it. Yeah. And the 
moment immediately after birth has the most oxytocin and endorphined body in the woman that she'll ever have. So the falling in love, attachment and bonding happens when that's not compromised in its most right. optimal way, yeah. which means the dad or the partner also falls in love and this foundation for a good, strong, healthy, happier yeah. family can be laid better when we really support that process and do the work to help make that happen. So I've also had a couple of friends who have had births that went awesomely and some that didn't go so well and they really wanted it to go well. They'd sort of, you know, fantasised about it, you know, in all these different ways and what would happen and how they'd feel and, and then it didn't happen that way. And I know that for some of them, um, it's felt a little bit, they felt judged in a way or like they were the, the less than because they couldn't give birth to their child naturally or, mm. um, or still now are experiencing some effects of birth. And so I wondered what perspectives you have on that um, yeah. for the people themselves, like the people who give birth, but then also like the people around them and what we could say and yeah. Okay. It's true that we are experiencing more trauma through the birth experience. Our postnatal depression rate is higher than it's been before. And there are real issues around that. So we do need to have community awareness around how do we really support a woman and their partner through this experience. Validating anyone's emotions that they carry through is yeah. really important and not trying to fix things for them and that's helpful. But women will come to me and can access people to support, um, to, to debrief the birth experience and unpack what actually happened. So sometimes that medical understanding of what happened to me is important and being able to give, I suppose, coaching and counselling through that because there is potential for growth and change when we go through something big and often women are planning to have another baby. So doing the healing work and rechecking what can I be really proud of from my birth and what would I like differently next time yeah. are sort of two good questions to go through. And at the end of it all, I always say it's so hard to measure success. So let's check on the journey you've been on and just be proud of the fact that your effort was the best you could do in context to what you had and what was given to you. Mm, and let's so really true. forgive ourselves for what we think we could have done better, learn from it, grow from it. You've always got the rest of your life to incorporate those changes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just give yourself lots of love and know that it's a really big gig. And <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So let's talk more about um, ways to support a good, great, fantastic, if not like lots of work birth. <laughs> um, yeah. What are some of the other things that we can do to help make that happen? Yeah. To help someone be confident and informed to have a better birth experience and to take that into their life as a parent. I think it's really, like I said before, practicing the life skills in everyday ways so that by the time you're birthing, it's a part of how you function, mm, cool. how you be, how you do, how you are in your relationship with people. But knowing that a big influencing factor is the hospital and the care providers, I really suggest couples work through a birth plan and communicate that with their care provider. And again, it's not setting them up for failure. It's helping them be more and more able to practice 
being assertive and asking for what they want, hearing what's shared back, checking in how aligned that is or not, mm-hmm. helping them actually have the experience of feeling that discomfort that can come when it's not matched or the positivity when it is, and then going, so what do you do about that? And a really simple acronym that I offer my clients is use your brain. Okay, so it's a thinking thing. And brain stands for what are the benefits of what the care provider is suggesting? What are the risks? What are my alternatives? What's my intuition say? Mm-hmm. And what about saying no or not now? Yeah, cool. And that's a really good model that you can take into any conversation so that if it doesn't feel right in you, mind, body, spirit, however you want to think of that, if you're not sure, keep asking questions and it'll get down to the nitty gritty of is this policy and procedure or is this actually individual care that's important for me to take on? I yeah. love that. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, I love how empowering that feels because, I mean, particularly when we experience experts and medical experts, you kind of just do what you're told. It's like, oh, you need to get that injection oh, you need to get like this bit cut off or whatever. And you're like, okay, all right, I will, I'll do that if you say so. But yeah, the the brain model is really saying like, what do you want? Like what feels best for you and for you to, you've got the rights and the power to question stuff, to um, explore more, to get really curious and mm-hmm. then to be like, okay, yes, but I want the one that's like next to that option that you just said. What if we did it like that instead and then... Yeah, kind yeah. of, again, curating that experience to give yourself more power. That's it, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, um, I mean, certainly evidence shows that when someone does have a professional support person or a really skilled friend at the birth, it does increase their chances of a natural birth, reduces seizures, interventions, you know, the epidural, which stops people from being active and moving, Yeah, which of course helps get a baby out and also gives that encouragement for um, a woman to trust her body, to get her over those mental hurdles that can come like uh, when it gets really intense. Yeah. Or if there's something that psychologically might come up that stresses her out to be able to have someone who knows her like her partner and then a woman who's birthed before and been at hundreds of births. Yeah. Of course, when I say, no, this is totally awesome. It's feeling this strong because you're about to have your baby. So the stronger it gets, the less time you've got and you're doing great. That all helps. So yeah, that mother and her partner need to have those conversations with their care provider or be aware of what's not going to be provided so that they can bring that in Mm. to support that birth, to have a team that absolutely has to respect everyone's position Mm because doctors are there for a purpose, midwives have a job to do. And if we all work collaborative to make it a woman-centred experience, Mm. then even if she has interventions, even if things don't go according to plan, she's going to feel respected, she's going to feel more empowered, she's going to feel more loved and supported, and that's going to give her a positive memory of that Mm. so much more. So it won't be traumatic or yeah. or less so. Yeah. I'm curious to know more about the sorts of expectations we can have for birth and and I'm I'm part of that question is also looking at cultural expectations like as I was saying before many of the stories I've heard about birth are that it's going to be really fucking sore 
you're going to be like ripped to shreds. Your body's probably not that capable of it. You should probably get a C-section and then be like in recovery for six weeks. And anyway, Hmm. so there's those sorts of expectations. And then I wonder what realistic expectations we can have for birth. And also if you can share any stories about how, like our bodies are actually quite capable of this because I think, yeah, just even hearing those stories and reminders that we've done this for so, so many years and, and there have been, you know, deaths at birth as well. And that's a part of it as well. But like, yeah, just, I would love to hear about, um, yeah, bodies that are capable of the stuff, not just that bodies, um, aren't. Mm. If we look at research where a model of care supports a woman's natural birth process, we have really good outcomes. So low interventions, low cesareans, happy mums and dads, quicker recovery, successful breastfeeding across past six months, etc. The hospital, absolutely, they have helped save lives. But even if we look at the World Health Organization statistics where they say, over 15% of cesarean births, so sorry, over countries that have cesarean births over 15%, over that threshold, the actual saving of lives of mothers and babies becomes negligible. Mm. So it means that the model of care doesn't always equal best outcome. Right. And our culture does influence our birth experiences. That is, yes, that universal culture but also your little microculture. So you've got some cultures where they've – because we're a very diverse um, world that we live in now and if we're birthing in a public system, we've got care providers who are far more used to working with that diversity compared to the private system as well. So there can be an influencing factor there. But um, a woman's preconceived sense of her right to this or her fear around it all will also make a big difference to her experience of it. Yeah. So that's why coming back to mindfulness, life skill practices, relationship connection, you know, love and intimacy boosted through the pregnancy. So it's, you know, the best date night they might ever have. Maybe we could think of birth like that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, births that um, have that that beauty and that wow with it, which, as I say, that they all have magic. They're all amazing because no matter what happens, we are honouring the life of a baby into the world Mm. and everyone comes with their best intention. It's just how can we learn from what has happened and how can we grow? Yeah. I'm not sure I'm answering your question fully but... No, 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 definitely, definitely. And I guess I also want to just point out, I guess, for like single mums as well, like the, you don't have to have a partner to be doing all the stuff for you, but maybe you've got a best friend or yeah, some, or, or a doula or someone who can be supporting you through that. And yeah. And in terms of expectations for birth, what sorts of things can we expect? Yeah. Look, I think you have to, to do birth in its best possible way to, tr- to, to work with the natural process. You've got to be willing to feel it and do it. Mm-hmm. At the end of the line, your body's going to contract. It's going to you're going to feel sensations. A cervix has to open. Your joints kind of shimmy into openness. It can feel really. It it does feel really intense. 
But again, our perception of pain can be so different depending on what's happening on in our lives. At 4am in the morning, when I wake up, my head spins in unhelpful ways and I could feel like life is more painful than if I was at a party and had a fleeting thought of a problem. Mm-hmm. So I can influence where my mind goes with my thoughts. Yep. My thoughts influence how I feel in my body. The way my body feels can influence my thoughts. <laughs> so yeah. awareness around that, all that mind-body connection stuff is huge. Yeah, Not even just in pregnancy but even beforehand if you can think that far ahead, <laughs> which a lot of people don't. A lot of people go, I'm getting really big and, <sighs> oh, my God, this baby has to come out of me and yeah. what am I going to do about that? <laughs> yeah. And what about ecstatic birth? Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I have absolutely seen that, been witness to it. Ecstatic birth, its everyone has a different way of describing what they felt. Um, and first-time mothers, probably much, much less so in saying, wow, that was orgasmic, ecstatic, because there's a lot more work the body has to do to actually open for the first time. So right. there's a lot of description around it being really freaking hard and intense and amazing and wow and, oh, my God, I'm, I did it. Second at births, um, I have absolutely had women go, didn't feel the pain. It was – I loved it. Wow. That was, that was big but, yeah, they're actually – you know, it could, if you weren't watching, you, would, you wouldn't know whether they were having an orgasm or having a baby. Mm. So it is very possible more so with subsequent births than the first. Yeah. But, um, again, mind over matter, hey, with how you perceive your experiences. And knowing what's possible as well, like, because I think sometimes when you have a picture of what it can possibly be like, that's kind of what you expect and sort of create for yourself. Mm. And whether that's, I don't know, I also find that culturally in terms of gender or like what jobs are possible for me, what kinds of relationships are possible for me. Oh, I can only, I'm a woman, therefore I must be with a man. So now I'll just look for men and Mm. as opposed to like thinking about all of what could happen and what could I enjoy and what could I create and then Mm. having that full palette available to get stuff with. And so, yeah, hearing these stories that like, like a a birth can be orgasmic and a birth can be pleasurable or just like intense and like empowering and fuck yeah, (laughs) as opposed to like, holy shit, I'm glad that's over. Like that, I, I really appreciate hearing that. That's good. Okay. And yeah, it is worth having a tool bag of goodies that you're going to be able to offer your partner in labour and that they've practised um, throughout the pregnancy and for the mother to, yep, be really strong in herself to trust the unknown and to trust the process. Yeah, so massage, becoming more aware of how you can feel soft and open in your body. Mm. Massaging, movement, the sounds you make. Again, back into those, whether it's yoga, dance. Tantra. Walking in nature. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Really just being open-minded with how you move through the office during the day. And I often say just swing and dance a little bit with your body as you walk around doing your to-do list because I've got a lot of women I work with that are from a more corporate business space yeah. and they love their list. So I'm like, yep, I just want you to – I know your list is important but just kind of soften a bit with your eyes and your voice as you kind of mm. look at your list and keep going with it but just allow yourself to feel a bit more soft as you go through all of that. <laughs> mm. 
Cool. Mm. All right, I'm feeling ready. There's so much <laughs> out there to, to explore and to experience. I wish everyone well who might be listening to this for their birthing journey that might be ahead of them. Yes. And if you are curious about this kind of stuff and would like to work with Erica, she offers a few different ways that you can do that. There's the beer and bubs, which is for not the person who's giving birth, but mm-hmm. the partner. And that could be men or women or trans or whoever that's open to everyone. Yes. Yep. And then there's private sessions and there's group sessions and all sorts of different things. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that, Erica? Um, well, that's mainly it. So private consultations, you can come and do a two-day workshop, active birthing preparation, the beer and bubs and a two-hour birth skills session. So it kind of bridges the gap from what you often get in the hospital classes where you get a lot of theory but no practice. Yeah. So it's like, all right, let's get off the chairs and actually massage, breathe, move, hold your partner and notice how this can be useful in the different stages of labour. And I really love listening to you talk about the birth-ready stuff and the process you take because it feels really holistic and integrated and it's not just, yeah, that sort of medical statistical, well, if you're, you know, dilated this much, then you should be fine mm. or whatever. It's, um yeah, it feels really full. So, yeah, when when my time comes, I'm going to knock on your door. <laughs> I'd love that. <laughs> um, so you can get hold of Erica. She has a website. It's birthready.com.au. So, yeah, get in touch with Erica. And then, of course, if you want to, well, please do comment if there's things you want to, if you have questions or um, feedback or want to dive deeper into some of the things that we talked about, please comment and we'll get back to you on that. Start a little convo. And um, you can sign up for my newsletter at caitlincook.com and we'll send out information like this, tantra-inspired work, home play practices, all sorts of things that um, you can explore in your bedroom and yeah i'm on instagram at the caitlin cook um come follow me there and on facebook of course so yeah thank you so much for listening and thank you for being here erica this has been so bloody good to hear these stories hear like really practical information um so thank you thank you and i'm just so happy that people are getting a chance to hear it and sit with it and feel into how they might you know move that into life for themselves yeah big time i yeah it's it's a relief for me to know this stuff actually so (laughs) yeah so yeah we'll catch you next time and thanks again thank you 